This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Woodbine Thoroughbred race announcer Robert Geller joins us once again today. And for Robert, who is considered by his peers to be one of the best full-time thoroughbred announcers around, his role takes on a bigger significance now as the track moves rapidly into an important part of the racing season, including a major stakes schedule on tap. And shortly, yes, long-awaited turf racing is back. Besides being one of the top race announcers in the world, Robert's also a pretty good thoroughbred handicapper. And with today being the Preakness Day at Baltimore's Pimlico Racecourse, we thought we would put Robert to work and have him analyze today's Preakness Stakes, the second leg of the Triple Crown in a race that will go postward without the recent Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike, entering the gate as his connections has chose to save him for the Belmont Stakes in early June. Robert will also talk about how it feels to be back calling races at Woodbine and again put his handicapping talents to good use and hopefully give us a couple of selections on today's Woodbine card. In addition, talking about upset Kentucky Derby winner Rich Strike, recently Ontario thoroughbred breeder Susan Foreman purchased privately the broodmare Uno Strike, the Mocho Uno half-sister to Rich Strike, and why he, she was attending a horse sale at Keeneland this past January, although Uno Strike was part of the sale. She was actually brought back to the consigner, and Susan was able to purchase her privately, which all came through the assistance of Ontario's Racing Mare Purchase Program, which is part of their Thoroughbred Improvement Initiative. This year, the Thoroughbred Improvement Program offered $700,000 in rebates on a first-come, first-served basis to Ontario breeders, and these same breeders are also also eligible for a $2,500 incentive for mares that are enrolled in the Mare Purchase Program when they are bred to a registered Ontario stallion in 2022. Shortly, we will hear more from Susan as she talks about what could be a breeding windfall for her in having a half-sister to a derby winner, Rich Strike, and Susan will also talk more about the breeding incentive program that helped make the purchase even possible. Also today, friend of the show, Tony Elliott is Assistant General Manager of Clinton Raceway and also serves as Racing Manager for the Raceway at Western Fair District in London. And over the next couple of weeks, Tony will be sharing his time at the two Ontario Harness Tracks as Clinton Raceway opens for the 2022 Race Meet tomorrow. And the Standard Bridge Track will race, well, quite a bit on Sundays. It's going to be really awesome to see that. And through to September the 4th, which features the 42nd Annual Charity Drivers Challenge. Also next Friday, Western Fair hosts their significant signature event of their harness racing season the $150,000 Cam Luck Classic yes it's going to be a very busy week for Tony and shortly we will hear more from him about the two great standard bread racing events over the next couple of weeks and finally well, he's back co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing it's going to be a great show so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. 
feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, the rich strike of horse racing media, the one and only Larry Simpson. Hello. <laughs> a long shot that always comes through, Larry. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's Preakness Day, and um, I mentioned Rich Strike because uh, in case anyone missed it, Rich Strike, not part of the Preakness. They've been held off to the Belmont. The, uh, the breeders and owners felt that was the best. So it's a bit of a different feel today. Well, it is, and that, and usually that's the problem with the Preakness too. It's not really a problem. It's, it's just it makes things a little bit more difficult when you're handicapping and trying to come up with a winner of that because a lot of these horses that are in today uh, didn't have enough points no. to make it to the Derby. Some did, and they just weren't ready to go to the Derby. So you've kind of got you know a mixture of horses, uh, you know, coming from everywhere. And then Rich Strike is not in there. So if had he been in there and raced in the Preakness, you probably would have been able to you know, see if he validated his win in the Kentucky Derby or not. But we have to wait to the Belmont to uh, you know find out. So it's certainly a different vibe to the Preakness without a possibility of a triple crown. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think it kind of takes a little bit of the excitement out of it. Uh, you know, like in past years, there's always been you know horse at least gets past the Preakness and maybe gets beat in the Belmont or that, but, uh, or maybe does get beat in the Preakness, but at least there was that opportunity to keep the, uh, the triple crown going in that. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, it's, it's a different distance mm -hmm. that they're racing. Uh, Pimlico is a different racing surface. So, uh, it's still, I think going to be an exciting oh. race. So yeah, uh, no, no, I agree. And, yeah. and they have a nice, uh, undercard of stakes races, both on the turf and the dirt. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now you have some news about an icon of standard bit horse racing you want to talk about. Yeah. Dr. Glenn Brown, uh, passed away. And for those that don't know Glenn, he was kind of an institution in the uh, standard bread business. Uh, his, his actually was a second generation. His father, uh, Jim Brown was, was a major influence in standard racing back in the, uh, the late forties, early fifties. And, uh, Glenn, uh, was the president of, and, uh, also was on the board for the famous Armstrong brothers, uh, firm. 
and was uh, with them for quite a few years. He was on a lot of, uh, uh, you could say, uh, members of various associations Mm -hmm. and and, uh, boards of various associations. I knew him during the time that I was at the Canadian Trotting Association because he was on the executive committee for for them. So, uh, and also he was one of my advertisers for the for the magazine as well through uh, Armstrong Brothers and that. So he passed away. Uh, he'll be missed. Uh, I, I believe he was 88 years old, but uh, he was still uh, going pretty strong uh, in at the time. And then. Uh, speaking of icons, I just want to also mention that the uh, Confederation Cup is uh, tomorrow night, Sunday. Uh, that That's the finals. They had the uh, preliminary uh, races last week on Sunday. There was two eliminations, and so you got the uh, the finalists. And uh, it was called the Confederation Cup. Now it's called the Charles Jurovinsky uh, Pace, so uh, uh, another uh, icon. So... Uh, uh, you know, it's just the uh, two two icons that uh, you know we're talking about today. So, friend of the show, Woodbine track announcer, the one and only Robert Geller, joining us today on Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the radio magazine. Despite being one of the very best race announcers in the game, he also has a keen eye when it comes to the art of handicapping. As always, Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Before we get to some of the other things going around, uh, here we are, Victoria Day long weekend. Uh, we have the King Corey Stakes taking place on Sunday, and then that just kicks off a very busy uh, next couple months of big-time stakes races at Woodbine, Robert. Yeah, we're looking forward to it uh, with so many uh, shippers coming in, too, I'm noticing. A lot of these stakes races are getting very interesting with some of the barns like Mike Trombetta bringing horses. Uh, we've got in the Ruling Angel Stakes, for example, uh, Bill Mock coming in. Um, LNJ Foxwoods have a good presence now at uh, Woodbine and have shifted more horses across to the East Coast. So I think when we get to these stakes races, which of course culminate in some of the traditional you know, flagship races like the Queen's Plate, the Triple Crown races, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of very interesting horses come to Woodbine this season. And not to be outdone, turf racing starts very shortly, doesn't it, Robert? Yeah, the condition book came out showing that there is uh, slating for the turf races at the end of this month or start of the next, depending on how the uh, races fill and the weather conditions, but it's very close. And and just looking out at the track, I could see the changes very quickly as the weather started to warm up. And we've had some really lovely sunny weather, so it certainly may be coming quicker than we think this uh, this uh, turf racing is, you know, with the beautiful inner turf track and the uh, magnificent E.P. Taylor gives us so many choices. We're going to see some really lovely uh, classic races here. Well, Robert, on a personal note, just how satisfying is it to be back on a more normal racing schedule, back in the booth doing what you do? You know, it is really gratifying. I've come to really grow into the job, I believe, and I feel very connected to uh, my fans and to the racetrack. So uh, coming back was very nice and I got a chance to visit my family in Australia and took in some racing there and just reminded me, you know, that there's a global stage and that this is a fantastic track to be at in in the world and that Canada should be so proud of it and I'm very proud of being here. I just wanted to ask you about the turf racing again, Robert. Do you find it more difficult to call a race on the turf courses than you would on, say, the uh, tapita surface at Woodbine? Is it is it different for you or...? Uh, the pacing of the race is very different, Larry. I find that what happens is uh, 
there's more of a speed bias and not bias, but speed is the key to a lot of the dirt races. And you'll notice that races really break up quickly at the start of the field uh, when they break from the gate in uh, what is uh, on the tapita. Not always, but there's that tendency where speed can dominate. And in the turf races, it's more likely they're in compact groups for a while. So turn of foot is very important and stamina is important depending on the distance. But just visually, as far as the EP Taylor goes, the location of the booth in relation to it, it does pose a little bit of a challenge because uh, it is head-on to the announcer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because going back in history, it, it was originally in the inside where the current uh, inner turf is. And in many ways, it makes it a little bit more difficult to line up the angle. And you may actually have a better view as a, as a, as a fan sitting there uh, from, say, the Woodbine Club at the top of the lane than I would in terms of the angle because they are so much like looking at a, a head of traffic down the lane. But I, I don't I don't know, you get you get used to it. But I do think turf racing brings an element of um, you can settle into a race. You, it's not as rushed. There's a much more leisurely feel to it. And uh, I do love that. Speaking with Woodbine track announcer Robert Geller, you alluded earlier in the interview, Robert, about visiting horses making up a, a big part of what's happening in the Woodbine racing season in 2022. I know we've traditionally seen horses from you know, Ireland and England, but in France, but Larry and I have been talking about this lately. We're seeing a lot of horses from Japan making the trip to North America as well. I think Japan has been amazing in, in terms of the way it's handled itself with the world stage. I mean, if we get... Uh, Japanese horses to run here and more often I think it'll be a boon but there's no doubt that their breeding program through the North American sire lines have been amazing but the presence of the way they've they've managed to do it I mean I was actually the very first I think caller to um, call a Japanese horse winning uh, in its international race and that was in Hong Kong after them being very much on the fence of not wanting to participate. And they decided at some point they would throw in their bids to be a part of the uh, Hong Kong International Series. And so uh, it took a while for them to really sort of be sure about it. And once they put their mind to it, they were really successful. So uh, wherever they go, they'll be successful. And we've seen in um, the Breeders' Cup just incredible success at very good prices. Australia's had an enormous number of winners from Japan, Melbourne Cup winner, Caulfield Cup winner. Uh, it's just a matter of time. We didn't see such success with uh, the performance in the in Kentucky Derby. You know, it was a crazy pace, wasn't it? And that Japanese horse was quickly cooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good segue. I, I wanted to talk to you about the Kentucky Derby and then also get your opinion on the, on the Preakness uh, today. There was some questions and maybe some criticism about Larry Colmus calling the race and, and not seeing real strike until like the last uh, 50 yards or that. Uh, as a fellow uh, broadcaster of, of races, um, was that a fair uh, you know statement that he, he didn't make a significant call on it or uh, was it just one of those things? I think it's very... Um very hard to catch those horses sometimes. And I, I certainly would never in any way uh, think he, he called anything untoward in any... I thought he did a good job. I know that the horse came really into the picture up the rail and he was probably focused on the top two. And I mean, I saw that just in a call yesterday I did myself where October Frost was sneaking up on the inside and I was kind of focused on two others. It happens very easily. And it's really just where you put your emphasis. And I think there was such anticipation between those two horses, Epicenter and Zandon, that they were going 
going to possibly win the race because they had dominated in the early part of the home stretch. Strike had to extricate from behind a weakening Messier, and that was hard to ta- probably pick up. Uh, whereas if Messier hadn't been there and had just come through, there might have been more chance to catch that. But it is very much in the moment. And it was similar to mine, that bird, with, with Tom Durkin, and I remember him you know, noticing it late. But it, it just depends where your focus is, and it's such a split second. Mm-hmm. The only thing in, in, in going forward with those things is, as an announcer, you think to yourself, well, gosh, if the pace is that hot and it's going at that crazy fractions, let's keep an eye out, if I can, for those uh, horses on the meltdown. But to think that it was going to be on the rail, that was deceptively hard to pick up. So, no, I, I, I feel any criticism to announcers is, is often uh, from those who um, can see it in hindsight. You know, you, you look at the race replay and you go, yeah, I saw it. But it's so diff- different oh. when you're in the actual moment because <laughs> there's every energy and split second that you, you're feeling um, could be the leader holding on, you know. Well, Robert, let's be honest. I mean, these people criticizing, put them in there. 20 horses packed around the, going for the home stretch. And you're, fo- I mean, all week you've been talking about three or four horses. Why would you focus your mindset in an 80 to 1 long shot? That, I mean, no one was focused on that horse up until the last couple of furlongs. In many ways, that's the drama of it. And, and the fact that it happened that way is probably a, a good thing because it, it was out of out of the box, out of sight, right at the last minute, that suddenly we realized, my gosh, the whole thing has been foiled by a huge long shot. And so I think it, it, things happen for a reason, and it just reminds us of the incredible uncertainty of horse racing because a race is not over until it's over. Mm. And sometimes, you know, the last 50 yards is so tiring on horses, and it's amazing how quickly they decelerate. And it catches us all by surprise. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of that, too. I mean, it's just a side note, but, I mean, I was up on the fifth, sixth floor, and Greg the Clocker was there, and I said, well, Luis drew the outside gate in the derby. Um, and he said, well, he's not riding it. The horse is a scratch. I said, well, who got in? He goes, <laughs> Rich Strike. And I said, well, we better bet that, because in Australia, they're also eligible. The emergencies do really well. And, of course, they didn't. <laughs> and then I forgot about it, just like everyone else. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> the only thing is, you know, that rider rode exactly the same style. Every single race in his lead-ups, he took it to the end. Side came up the rail, so it was actually a complete repeat of everything he'd done. But of course, he got the perfect scenario. But it is interesting, isn't it? Because mine that bird came from Sunland. I remember calling that horse, and just on this whole concept of calling races, I liked mine that bird in the Derby that year, but not for the reason that it happened. I thought mine that bird might be near the lead. Because when I called the horse, mind that bird, had actually led nearly every step of the way in its first lead-up race and was pretty handy to the pace in its second. So when it came from so far back, and I did bet the horse, I was like, my God, what's going on? You know, but you so a lot of the preconceptions get in our head, too, and that's a big part of race calling, letting them go. We're going to put you to work now. You, you've been on the show before and you've selected some nice winners for us. So let's talk Preakness today. And also let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, Woodbine's, uh, Woodbine's card, if you've got a couple of gems in there for us. Well, I think the Preakness selection for me will be early voting. I've, hmm. I've always quite liked this horse. I was feeling that, Maybe the horse early betting was going to participate in the Kentucky Derby, but Chad Brown, you know, he's probably got 
ideas on which horse he wants to put in different races. To me, a horse coming in fresh, who ran a great second to Modonegal, can be handy to the lead. Doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, given the first lifetime win, have to lead, but I'm sure needs to be handy. I feel this is the fresh horse, beautifully bred by Gunrunner, and I think that early voting is the horse to beat in the Preakness Stakes. Okay, and uh, some gems at Woodbine for us? Well, gems, I don't know, but I do love the program. It is full of really interesting names. And there are a couple of horses that uh, are locals that I've picked, but the majority, believe it or not, are shippers. And I'm going to take a shot on a horse I've never seen who's never raced, which is always a scary thought. But confusing is the horse, and it's in race two, uh, a chestnut colt. But from the barn of Gail Cox, who uh, has some nice works into this youngster, I just get the feeling that confusing at six to one is a good play in a race where anything could happen. But as far as proven form, I know that Mevia did run some pretty good races last season uh, against some good shippers who came in at the highest level of uh, stakes action for the Phillies and Mares. And her work tab, similar to a fleet Catherine in race six, is incredibly strong for Kevin Attard. I really like betting his horses. Uh, because of the solid works he puts in. But I'm going to go with uh, those two, and Mevier is in race six, horse eight. I'm also keeping an eye out. Roger Atfield's three wins away from his 2000th career win. He's got a horse in race four, secretary of the Nile. There's very much a buzz about the way this horse has been working. Horse one from the inside gate. Uh, there's some very good performers in the race, but I'll be watching the betting, and it would be great to see him inch closer to that very soon. So they're my three, uh, but it's a fantastic program. Robert, as always, an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks for your insight and your picks. Uh, we'll talk soon and take care and enjoy the rest of the month. And looking forward to great summer stakes races at Woodbine. Oh, thank you so very much. Thank you. When we come back, thoroughbred breeder Susan Foreman will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
Right on. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. This is kind of exciting. Ontario thoroughbred breeder Susan Foreman joining us today. And when Rich Dry crossed the finish line <laughs> two weeks ago in the Kentucky Derby, we still can't believe it. For Susan, one could say that the win by Rich Strike was perhaps an unexpected windfall. Back in January, she bought a broodmare privately that just so happened to be a half-sister to this vaunted Kentucky Derby winner. And Susan, welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine show. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. What was going through your mind when Rich Strike shocked the world of the Kentucky Derby? Well, I've been following him along since I bought the mare in January and realized that he had that, you know, amazing win by 17 lengths. I saw him in the Jeff Ruby stakes uh, in the grade three. He got was third. So I was really excited about getting that black type catalog update being in a grade three. So I was really happy and knew that he would have that devastating kick that he showed in the derby. But in all honesty, I was like really busy at the farm. So I was sitting there full watching and did not realize Rich Strike was even entered <laughs> until I turned the TV on. And went, Rich Strike, I must have said his name three times. I went, oh my God, that's my mayor's half-brother. And there's actually a story about uh, Uno Strike. She was actually bought back at the sale that you were at at Keeneland by the consigner, and you, you bought it privately, correct? Is that the story? I was there extensively for the Keeneland January sale trying to buy for clients, and the prices were outrageous, and I was constantly being outbid and sort of went home at the end of Monday, pretty discouraged, probably bid on eight or nine horses. Went back to the hotel, and I just started reading the results for the day. And saw her, you know, strike there as an RNA, which is reserved, not attained. And I just flipped back through the pages and read the catalog page. And it was everything that I could ever dream for. You know, the mayor, you know, strike is out of Canadian champion, Mayor Goldstrike, who made $564,000. She was champion three-year-old Philly here at in uh, Canada. Here I have a Macho Uno mare who I absolutely love. They're a great broodmare sire. And then Uno Strike is also a half-sister. The catalog page was pretty darn good in its own right at that point. And then that mare was in full to one of my favorite stallions at Stud. He stands at Coolmore. He's the son of Scott Daddy called Caravaggio. And she had a very early... Um, cover date. And so the package for me was absolutely perfect before Rich Strike even entered the, the, the whole uh, scheme of things. I contacted the consigner uh, that night, said that I would love to see the mayor first thing in the morning. I was there like at 8 a.m. sharp, and it only took me like two seconds to look at her to think. She's coming home with me. <laughs> <laughs> For the uninitiated, Susan, when you're in this kind of um, auction and bidding, how much does looking for those gems, really delving deep into the catalog to find information, separate someone like you from another person who's just going for the obvious horse? So she was really obvious for me. I think why she overlooked there is there were some fairly, really expensive horses in the supplement. And so the evening, at the end of the day, the supplement horses were being sold, and there was a lot of hype there. And I just totally think she slipped through the cracks. Sometimes those early days at the sale are the most expensive horses. But if you hang out there and stay at the rail, you can find some really good deals because there's some horses out there for everybody. 
it was just really lucky for me to find in the supplement as an RNA. But I do a lot of homework. And um, to be honest with you, you know, I knew the catalog really well, but I didn't know the supplement entries until I got home. It was just really luck of the draw, but she was everything I could ever ask for. Uno Strike was purchased as part of Ontario Racing's Mayor Improvement Program. Maybe uh, for our listeners, you can maybe explain how this initiative of Ontario Racing's works. It's a great new program. Ontario was trying to upgrade their mayor and get their stock back into Ontario. So they've come up with this plan to give, uh, you know, excess amount of money. It's just like hundreds of thousands of dollars to get mayors back into Ontario. And I believe there was like more than 90 or 92 mayors brought back into Ontario from this program. Even though I purchased her for $25,000 U.S., the government program still gave me $12,500 back into my own pocket. You know, it wasn't that in U.S. funds, it was in Canadian funds, but that's a huge, big bonus, to, mm-hmm. you know, on your purchase price, you know, to have them give you that money to help you, and uh, you know, uh, look after the costs and bring these mares back to Ontario. Well, it's something, uh, Susan, you know, Larry and I have spoken to a number of people about the last couple of months is the need to get uh, more horses uh, available for racing in the province, this kind of program, how long will it take till we see the fruits of the labor and we see bigger fields of horses for thoroughbreds and standardbreds in Ontario through this program? I mean, you, you look at it right now. There were 92 mares brought back to full in the year of 2022. And, you know, if we get, what, maybe 80 new horses from that crop, I'm not sure of the statistics of you know, what the live foals and getting them to the races are. But, you know, if that happened every year, that's going to obviously increase our stock every year. It's a great program. We're really, really lucky to have it. So what are the plans for uh, Uno Strike going forward? So, like, you could take, for instance, she was in full to this Caravaggio. He's um, a lovely son of Scat Daddy, and that's, Billy Fool that was born from Unistrike was foaled on February 17th. So she goes further into her life. Like, she will be offered for sale next year uh, as a Canadian foal, Philly foal, from the son of Caravaggio. And I'm planning to take her to any of the top sales. She'll qualify for anywhere I want to take her. And then hopefully we would see her in 2024 as a two-year-old racehorse. So you have to think of the 2022 foaling crop will first hit the races in 2024. Well, Susan, Larry and I, we speak to you, and it's obvious your knowledge, your passion, your your experience, it shines through. What attracted to you to this sport to get to the level you are right now? I've been doing horses since the day I walked out of high school. Huh. <laughs> Um, I always had a passion for caring for them. I think that's number one. And where I started, um, I was a horse show coach to begin with. And I had this deep passion to teach, and I was very successful at teaching. And many of my students have gone off to be like judges and vets and trainers. Uh, they're, they're so involved in the industry. It's a real honor to have been associated with these kids who are now 
you know, well into their 40s and they're into the business. So I started off like that and I had a particular owner in those years who delved into the thoroughbred broodmares. And so those babies that were born, um, we broke and trained them at the farm and started going down to the track and were, when I look back, we were unbelievably successful. Like we were winning uh, second in the New Arctic States. It's a grade two, winning the Toronto, uh, Bunty, the Toronto Cup, the Bunty Lawler Stakes. Those are big stakes races. And it kind of just looked like it was just a, the best path to go. You know, so when my students sort of ended their show years around that 16, 17, 18 years of age, I ended up getting a really good job being a broodmare farm manager for thoroughbreds and started off like that and then started on my own at the same time and then went out on my own, I think, 27 years ago. So I've always had this passion for care. I have a full circle farm. We full, we raise, we break, we train them. I do sales yearlings. I have 20 more than 26 yearlings to sell this year. And we'll travel to our woodbine sale to Toronto or to uh, Kentucky for a couple, couple of sales. So that's the second part after raising the foals, they're all slotted into different sales. Hmm. So that's always a huge part of the year, getting them prepared for the sales. I bet Larry. And you're one of the major consigners now to the uh, Canadian Thoroughbred Horse Society sale, correct? Yes, I think I've been selling there since 1995. Um, I've had several sales toppers, which has been a real honor. Um, and then I'm a bit more diversified now because a lot of my stock are American sires. So we'll head to the States with several um, of the horses, too. It's a big part of the year planning on where everybody's going to go. It has a lot to do with their pedigree their confirmation, and then potential updates from the family. So all of these yearlings and their pedigrees are on our computers, and every 24 hours, every one of these pedigrees will be updated and emailed to me on, you know, if there's a sister running in New York, if there's a brother running in Gulfstream in Florida, we'll know exactly on those days. So it helps us with our... Um, slotting of where the yearlings will go on a daily basis and sooner sooner than later the deadlines come and we've made those decisions and then we start preparing them for the sales well susan not only are you a champion a breeder when it comes to that you're also now a friend of the show <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much oh absolutely i absolutely love this larry and i are big fans we can't wait to have you on again uh, have a great spring and summer uh, enjoy the long weekend and all the best and thank you for all your insight it's greatly appreciated well thank you for supporting you know sir, because i do believe it's a great story for everybody there's been not just him, Rich Strike, but another half-sister was gifted to somebody there in New York. So I thought, oh, i got to let everybody know that I've got this man because it is a good story for everybody. Absolutely. Thanks, Susan. All the best. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye.
After the break, when we come back, Clinton Racetrack's Tony Elliott will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live Harness Racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Games Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Clinton Racetrack's Tony Elliott joins us. And tomorrow, the harness track opens for their 2022 race meet. And for Tony, it's a busy week. He's also racing manager at Western Fair Raceway, who next Friday will host their marquee event of the season, the $150,000. I love the name of this, Camla Classic. Tony, as always, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thanks all for having me on again. Well, no problem. For listeners maybe not aware, tell us more about Clinton Raceway, how many days you race, and what days you race. Uh, we race 15 days over the summer, starting May 22nd and ending September 4th. Um, we take a week off. The first weekend of June, we take off for the fall fair here, but we race every Sunday uh, from May 22nd to sub- September 4th. They have a fall fair in June? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I should say it's the Clinton Spring Fair. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm used to saying Fall Fair with the Western Fair. But yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the, the track. What's some of the, your signature events that you've got planned? Um, so this year we have Legends Day returning. We weren't able to have it the last couple of years. It's uh, Every two years we have it, and we... We bring out some of the legends in the sport, like John Campbell had his last drive here. And uh, every every time we have it, it's always a fantastic event. So th- this year is no different. It's going to be a fantastic lineup, and uh, we expect a huge crowd to come out again. 
You can get more details about what Clinton Raceway is doing on their Twitter feed, CR Trot for Clinton Raceway, CR Trot and their website, ClintonRaceway.com. And, and we've been talking to a lot of people about this, Tony. It seems that with things emerging from the darkness of the pandemic, everyone has this pent-up demand to do things. Are you getting a sense it's going to be a, a pretty successful season in summer at Clinton Raceway? Yeah, I think so. Like the end of last year kind of gave us a, like a glimpse that we were kind of getting, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like the last day we had probably just over a thousand people out our, on our, for our annual driver's challenge there. And, uh, we were kind of surprised at the number just because we were kind of getting to the, towards the, um, it, the pandemic definitely wasn't over just yet. Obviously when we went through this winter, but, uh, um, it was kind of like there was a, a gap in there whether people were very comfortable coming back out. So it was a, it was definitely exciting to see that, and we expect it will be even better this year with the, the events we have, and, and obviously with COVID seem to be um, on the other side of it. Well, some of the photos and videos you have in your social media feed, Tony, I mean, the facility looks fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, they do a lot of, lot of work. Our uh, maintenance team here in the town does an excellent job of maintaining the facilities, and we got our winter circle redone here. It's uh, with some red clay. We we kind of joke that it's it's almost like the red mile, but we just have a piece <laughs> of it. But uh, <laughs> that's that's really cool. So people enjoy that. And Twinbrooks Farms is sponsoring that, so we're we're happy to partner with them on that. And uh, and uh, just overall, the facility looks fantastic, and uh, everything's gearing up towards Sunday. What was business like last year at Clinton? Like, how many days did you race? And obviously, it was kind of monitored. Your, your attendance had to be monitored too, right? Yeah. So for I think we ended up getting started at the, like middle part of June, so we ended up missing I think three race dates. And uh, so we we ended up racing like maybe a twelve or thirteen, and it was pretty. It was, it was the online wagering was quite strong and things like that. So that we were, we were happy with how the season went, but it wasn't until, uh, I think we, I can't remember what the capacity was at the time, but we, we could have maybe 500 people for the later half of the season. Then at the end, it was pretty much a hundred percent capacity, but everyone still had to wear, wear masks and everything like that. So it was, it was still, there's still some restrictions, but we were, we were actually pleasantly surprised with how well the season went and we were able to do a little bit similar to normal what we normally do on track here so we were able to get the fundraising going again in 50 50s and things like that so it was it was pleasantly surprised how well the season went but it certainly wasn't a traditional clint raceway season that's for sure speaking with tony elliott from the aforementioned clinton racetrack as well he is a big part of what's happening at western fair raceway is the racing manager and next friday the marquee event the one hundred and fifty thousand dollar camla classic uh talk to us about it and why that is such a big deal well, it's always been a huge event prior to being called the Camelot Classic. It was the Molson Pace, and Molson uh, obviously sponsored that. And that was uh, a traditional stake-type format where it was elimination final. But then when uh, Steel Farms came on board as their title sponsor for that race, it switched to the Invitational. So every year we're tasked with inviting a fantastic field out. The top age paces in North America typically come for the purse of 150000 So it's... Uh, it's certainly a good uh, good race to have on their schedule, and it's arguably one of the best nights of the year for Canadian harness racing. How has racing been at Western Fair, uh, I'm going to say this winter and, and spring? It's uh, it's just like anybody else. It's, it has its challenges with the, the winter weather, and we've had a few cancellations, which kind of hurts the momentum. But the last uh, month has been fantastic from a 
a, a wagering standpoint and from just racing action. Like people are very uh, excited about how, how our racing is playing out right now. It's uh, there's no uh, nobody's taking holes or anything like that. It's very very competitive racing, and people are, are certainly recognizing that, and they they love to play our product because of it. Well, now, here's the big thing that I always think about when I think about racing in that part of Ontario. Everyone seems to focus on Mohawk and the big tracks, but I'm getting a sense that the, the people are showing a lot of respect to what you do in this part of Ontario as a great proving ground and stepping ground to Mohawk, to maybe the Meadowlands, to the big, big stage when it comes to harness, harness racing in North America. Oh, for sure, yeah, and it's it's always a stepping stone towards bigger and better things from Western Fair. But we also, as far as like wagering and and things like that, we like we're the sec- we're the highest wagering half mile track in Canada. So we we take pride in that, and obviously that's something that we always go for every year is to be that number two spot behind Wood by Mohawk Park. So and, and and we've got a lot of recognition long before I even started working at Western Fair is like the, we're a place that people want to play and we're a place where people want to race. And that certainly has been established long before, before I got there with Ian Fleming, Greg Blanchard, all the historical people that have, have like ran the track have done a fantastic job to set, set us up for success. And we've done a good job of adapting to make sure we hold a very high class status in the, in the North American harness market. Do both uh, Clinton and Western Fair have the same demographic, Tony? Uh, I would like to think so. Like it's it's typically an older demographic as far as who comes to the track, but it's it's Clinton and Western Fair. In the last couple of years, I've seen uh, a younger demographic come out, and I think with COVID, people were kind of looking for something to do. And I noticed that even Western Fair Friday nights now, there's a lot of people uh, in the twenties, late teens, stuff like that, coming out to the track. A lot of uh, students that come down, and we have a bar open on Friday nights at uh, Western Fair, and even at Clinton here, it's a great great spot to hang out so i've seen a lot of younger people start to come on the last couple of years but certainly the the older demographic that kind of makes up the majority of who comes out how much does the fact that gambling and wagering now has become mainstream and we're seeing commercials and advertising in every form of whether it's sports tv or entertainment tv or music tv whatever and young people are like oh okay that's not some sort of dark old thing that old dudes do better than the racetrack anyone can do it as long as you're of age Mm-hmm, exactly yeah and i think that's been like the uh, stereotype of horse racing is kind of like the older demographic coming out and betting on the races but now with the the sports wagering we haven't seen we haven't seen a decrease in in wagering or anything like that because of it but i think it's almost opening a door and and long term we're hoping that we're available on all those uh, sports gambling platforms but i think people are starting to see it as this is some, this is no different than than sports wagering, and it it's you can get a pretty good return on your investment for for playing the parimutuel odds system here. And I think the biggest difference, Tony, is like you got into the business because of uh, your family. I got into the business because uh, my dad basically was taking me to the track when I was young, and that and that was kind of how the industry you know populated itself, right? It was all through family and and, and that. Now, because of the influence of uh, gambling uh, on the media and that, I think we're starting to see this younger person come in, correct? Oh, and I like to think so. And, and that's the demographic that we've, the racing's been talking about for a long time that we're trying to get. And I think with being, hopefully being able to partner with sports wagering and things like that, we're, we're able to open the door to a, a bigger 
fan base. And I think once people recognize what we have to offer in, in comparison to sports wagering itself, I think people are going to be quite interested in, in our product. And I think that's starting to show now with the younger demographics starting to get more interested in, in and then you see it at the tracks when the tracks that I work at anyways, when, when you go there, and I just hope that's a trend that's going to continue into the future. Well, I think, yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Larry. Yes, please. I, I, no, I was just going to add to that. I think part of it too is like Woodbine and Ontario Racing and a lot of the tracks have been spending a lot of time and effort and money trying to bring new people in. So maybe we're seeing the fruits of their labor now, right? Yeah, I'd like to think so. And I think we're, we're, we're starting to market our product the way that the, um, the sports gambling companies are as well. Like that we're introducing as well. This is, this is a fun way to be able to interact with the sports. Like there's been sports gambling has been going on a long time, just like paramutual wagering, but people are always looking to get in the game somehow. And so when you're passionate about a sport, like, like hockey, you say, well, I, I have an opinion that I feel strongly about. You can actually put, as, as the saying goes, put your money where your mouth is. And the same thing with horse racing, you think, well, this horse has got to be the best. It's the same, it's the same type of concept. And I think once people are, are rec- they're starting to recognize that and they're saying, well, it's, it's the same thing. Right, you have the live draw coming up Monday, Victoria Day Monday, for the Camla Classic. Uh, for people want to be interested, can they check it out online on the racetrack website? And what time is it taking place? Yeah, so we're going to do the draw on uh, live on the broadcast. It'll be like our pregame show. Mm. So it should go live around 5.20 on Monday night, just before our first race. So people will be able to tune into that to uh, see what the live draw is. And we'll also announce our eighth course that is in in it as well and then uh, we'll also be doing the we'll be pre-drawing the the forestry pace which has a lot of top mares in ontario and around north america in there as well and we'll announce that full lineup on the show as well already some great names in the camla classic ocean rock poseidon sealster tattoo artist fun at the beach i mean it's I'm, larry and i are sucker for good names for horses <laughs> yeah and it, i was uh like uh We've been like put, sending out the invites and stuff like that. I've been making lots of phone calls, just putting feelers out and and seeing if and there's been a lot of yeses. And and, and I was talking to Shane Sugardola, our track announcer, yesterday. I said it didn't really set in the type of field we have until we sent out that press release. And you kind of went down and seen the stats on and the resumes on some of these horses, and, and you you suddenly get pretty excited when you see the lineup. Like even being part of putting the field together, you just kind of are in the rush of of getting the horses and when you sit back and look at who we got i think people are going to be pretty happy absolutely tony always a pleasure keep up the great work we love what you're doing we're big fans of yours and uh, we look forward to talking again down the road yeah thanks all for having me on absolute pleasure larry simpson after the break you know what he's gonna do he'll be looking at some racing action today around north america including woodbine mohawk park the meadowlands and of course some racing action and several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today for Larry's much-anticipated Red Hot Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? 
check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI bet wagering platform and the Dark Horse app, the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Uh, let's try for a couple of winners here. So uh, Woodbine has a nice 10 race card today, including the uh, Ruling Angel Stakes. And uh, race eight is a maiden optional claimer for three-year-old fillies, a purse of $64,300 and a distance of seven furlongs on the Tapita surface. Hmm. Uh, number seven, Sugar is Golden, makes her second start of the year and drops down from a maiden special weight to where she is available at uh, the 40K claiming price today. Uh, Sugar is Golden, never got into the race at, uh, at all uh, when uh, she made her 2020 debut on April 24th. But uh, I think with the drop in class today and the stretch out in distance from six furlongs to uh, the seven furlongs, that should help the cause today. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Emma Jane Wilson, will ride. I like the uh, 48 uh, flat breeze uh, workout for Sugar is Golden on May the 12th at Woodbine. I think there's lots to like with, with this uh, well-bred daughter of Golden Sense. So Woodbine, race eight, number seven, Sugar is Golden. Nice. And next? Dramatic pause. <laughs> dramatic pause. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was a dramatic pause as Larry yeah. gives us his second pick. Yeah, I was shuffling papers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Pimlico, which uh, home of the Preakness That's Stakes right. today. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to look at race 11, which is the $100,000 Sir Barton Stakes. And it uh, to me, it looks like a good spot for number one, Ethereal Road. If that name sounds familiar... It certainly does. Yeah, well, it should, because Ethereal Road was the late scratch that allowed Real Strike to oh, draw right. into the Kentucky Derby off the also-eligible list. <laughs> so they, the rest, as they say, is history now, right? So anyway, uh, Ethereal Road comes into today's Sir Barton Stakes after a fourth-place finish in the Grade 3 Lexington, which, all things considered, was not a bad race, as he had just run seven days before that in the Bluegrass uh, at Keeneland. So... Uh, 
I think that could have been part of the reason that they scratched the Thurio Road from the Kentucky Derby. That and probably because he had post position 22. So, uh, but um, he should like the uh, class drop today and maybe could have uh, been considered on today's Preakness. However, his trainer, Dwayne Lucas, has entered the Philly uh, Secret Oath instead. So uh, I like the rail post at Pimlico. In fact, it's hitting at about a 23% win clip oh. right now. And I like the bullet five furlong work that uh, kind of jumps out at me. Is, uh, uh, this shows that uh, this horse looks like he's been training well. I also like the fact that Louis Sayaz is aboard today as well. So Pimlico Race 11, the Sir Barton Stakes, number one, Ethereal Road. Excellent. And then what? Well, the Meadowlands has a 13-race card again tonight, and race two is a one-mile pace for a purse of uh, $25,000. Number three, betters don't tell. Well, no, but unless you're talking. No, no, you don't tell, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you lose. <laughs> so uh, uh, betters don't tell certainly appreciated the drop in class from the graduate stakes series last week. And uh, when driver Yannick uh, Gingrad took betters delight right to the front, it was basically game over. The horse went wire to wire and won 49 and four over a good track. Uh, of note is uh, last week, too, Betters Don't Tell was also first Lasix and is back in tonight with, uh, with Lasix. So uh, he's a very consistent horse. He's got nine wins and nine seconds and 37 starts light, lifetime. And he's won three of five races this year. And I believe that uh, he stands a pretty good chance to win tonight with regular driver Yannick Jingra back in the bike. So the Meadowlands race two, number three, betters don't tell. And the grand finale? The grand finale. Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight. And race 11 is a one-mile pace, a purse of $13,000. And, you know, let's talk about my selection last week going fast with a friend of the show, James McDonald. Let's. Well, Going fast, he didn't really go fast last week. He did, He never really got into the race. Uh, despite the presence of friend of the show, James uh, McDonald. And uh, I think a lot of people had been listening to the show because he was bet down to five to favoritism. Or maybe that was just because of the uh, first well, time McDonald, I'm, right? Yeah, well, I mean, James yeah. McDonald may have a little bit to do with I it. I think he might have. Maybe maybe a little bit, but the show may be more. So, <laughs> you know, I'd like to believe that. So. But... Uh, Anyways, uh, guess what? Uh, race 11 tonight, number five, is going fast, uh, which sees another drop in class tonight, and the lowest that this horse has competed in since his last win six races back. And guess what? James McDonald is back driving again, so we have the second-time okay. driving angle, okay. which I've you know been harping about on various shows and that. So, And you also have a beaten favorite now, a drop in class, second-time James McDonald, so... I'm going with number five going fast again tonight in tonight's 11th race at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Fair enough. Uh, but just a reminder, uh, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of Ponies 24-7 magazine, it features, the upcoming features a, a, an interview we did a, a while ago with Sunrise Therapeutic Riding and Learning Center Farm, and you paid a recent visit. I did, and it will be in our next issue, which will be out around the uh, 10th of June. Perfect. So, and it, was, it was a great place. It's going to be a great read. And, uh, yeah, if people are interested, they should uh, try to get in touch with us and uh, get a copy. And if you want to do that, email Larry Simpson of the Ponies 24-7 Experience at gmail.com. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma 
Madotsie slash ponies. Even though the silent auction is long over, you can still make a donation to the cause. Stick around. 105 down the region all weekend long for the Victoria Day long weekend. The legend Ann Romer's up next with the Feed York Region's only magazine show. I'll be back here Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.